the Flipside Podcast. On this week's episode of the Flipside Podcast. I'm an American just as much as you guys are. So Absolutely. when he doesn't make certain statements, to be able to be apologetic for the wrongs that he did that specifically and directly affect a person of my skin color, that affects me in a very influential way, especially in the time period that we are right now. The way the public perception is, you being a white man who's able to be yep. in a certain position has the white privilege to be able to decide, oh, you know, he made some mistakes along the way and he didn't apologize for those mistakes, but uh, we all make mistakes. But we're talking no, about not, people's it, lives. Man. Yeah, but that's yeah, but it. that's the thing. Like the whole freaking point of this thing, don't pigeonhole me because of the stuff that he does. No, no, no. I'm not pigeonholing you. I'm just saying like, this like, person. No, that, I'm saying that, 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 no, that's I'm, the whole thing. But I'm saying the whole I'm thing. saying Donald Trump. That people no, people look at us as Trump supporters and they condemn us yes. because of all the stuff that they he do. does. Yeah, they I'm not do. out there grabbing women. I'm not out there running my mouth on the mic. But they, it's but, freaking insane. Right, but it's what insane. I'm saying, it's but absolutely what, insane. But what I'm but what it I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that is why people see Donald Trump as a racist because the Central Park 5 is one incident of many through yeah. decades of This week's podcast episode deals with a very layered discussion involving implications that all Trump supporters are racist and or sexist for their allegiance to the former president, Donald J. Trump. Yeah, that's right. Trump lost the election. And whether or not you agree with the legitimacy of Joe Biden's victory, one thing you can't deny is the racial aftershocks that ended friendships and divided communities in the United States. Make no mistake, this election was thriving with racial tension long before November 3rd. Both of our guests on this episode are good men, and I have respect for them. We just disagree on a number of different topics that most people have strong opinions about. Beyond that, I will let the merits of their words speak their own truth. Here is our conversation, the election aftermath. Relationships have changed because we disagree politically. Part one. So on the Flipside podcast today, we have two gentlemen joining us to be able to talk about a topic that is widespread in the media regarding politics, but we're trying to see if we can get more insights from people who actually live this life and have the experiences that they've been willing to share today. So gentlemen, if you could, Please introduce yourselves, let our listeners know your name and tell us where you're from, maybe something about yourselves. Uh, my name is Seneca Beaver. I was born in North Philly. I live in Westchester, uh, three kids in elementary and middle school and married for, I believe now, 14 years <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, almost 15 years. Pressure's on, right? I know, yeah, I had to do quick math. Good, good. Uh, 
I'm Gene Kern. I was born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps. I went to school in New Jersey. I've lived here in the Philadelphia area since I was, since 86. Um, my wife and I have been together for 20, going on 28 years now. Um, I have five kids, um, three of whom have gone through Great Valley School District. Um, one going to Catholic school now, so. <laughs> Wonderful. So obviously we'd love to be able to have insights from all different types of people. The Flipside podcast is mainly focusing on people, their label, the stereotypes that are placed upon them, but then also kind of figuring out the truth behind what society tells us we are and what actually is taking place, the authenticity of the people who we speak to. So the two of you have been brought on the podcast to combat this idea that anyone, support, that anyone who supports Donald Trump is a person who is sexist and racist. So I'm here today to ask you as many questions as necessary to be able to kind of get to, you know, the brick and mortar breakdown of what this is and what it's been like for you to be in this type of situation. So I, start, I wanna start off by asking you, did both of you happen to vote for uh, Donald Trump in 2016? Yes. Yes. And is it safe to say that you also voted in this most recent election for Donald Trump? Absolutely. Uh, yes. Was there any opinions that changed after seeing Donald Trump function as the president of the United States between 2016 and 2020? Yes. Just to go into it a little bit, the, I, I don't like Donald Trump's, his way of phrasing things. And often he steps on his own well, he, he gets himself in trouble, put it that way, with his own tongue. Like most politicians, well, but he's not a politician, but the, like most people who, who have the egos that the people at the top have, he's got a very high opinion of himself. You know, and that's true of every one of the people that you see in the political landscape or on TV every day and the rest of it. Oh, they're all like that. Uh, I've met a bunch of them and they are absolutely the same way. The problem I have with uh, Donald Trump is, you know, very successful people often are very arrogant people. And arrogance isn't really political. A lot of people hide behind their niceties. Like Joe Biden's a great example, in my opinion. Uh, he hides behind being everybody's best friend, but at the same time, he really doesn't do anything for people, uh, in my opinion, again, in my opinion. Yeah, but, we're here uh, for your opinion, Gene. Don't, no need to apologize. <laughs> okay, but I, I'm just like, you know, I've met Biden, I've met Trump. I, I don't believe either one of them are going to do anything. I mean, Trump's done a lot for people. Don't get me wrong. I do believe that he's done a lot for people, but he didn't go into this just to do good things for the country. He went into this to do because of his ego. But at the same time, that ego is helping us all out, which is why I voted for him this time. The first time I voted for him because I want to drain the swamp. I've seen the politician. I've seen the stuff that they do to make themselves rich. They enter government, not, you know, just like normal people, maybe a, um, a few hundred thousand in the bank or something, and they come out billionaires. You know, explain that to me. Why are these 40 year politicians, 40 plus year politicians, all billionaires? It doesn't make any sense to me. And that's one of my problems with the political class. And that's Great. one of the reasons that I voted for Trump in the first place. And Again, that's why I voted for him this time, because he actually started removing the swamp. 
It reduced the size of the federal government by over 40,000 people. Okay. That's huge. Sen, any ideas or opinions that may have changed after seeing Donald Trump function as the president? I think uh, when he took the presidency back in 2016, you, you saw somebody who definitely bucked the trend. He wasn't the, the, you know, put a lid on it, PC persona, which I think it shocked a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with Gene that I, I don't necessarily care for his candor, his demeanor, his tact when just on the mic. He puts his foot in his mouth all the time, but it, it was put up or shut up with him. And when he got elected, he it started doing the things that he promised to do. It, it wasn't necessarily what people agreed with, but it was a, an opportunity for change and he, he ran with it. So obviously there's a lot to uncover there. So there's different ideas, different policies. You both mentioned things that have been done well and some changes that were made in terms of just the political system overall. So Gene, you mentioned the idea of draining the swamp, making changes to the government as it functions as a system here in the United States. I'm going to say to you both, if you had the opportunity to express in detail why it is that you in particular uh, support Donald Trump. I own several businesses. Some of, some of the businesses I've opened over the years have failed. Others have been successful. But the, when Obama took over, okay, I was actually on a business trip to Atlanta to buy another company and the night that he won. And I was in the Atlanta airport and when I heard the news that he had won the presidency, and I was so upset. I was standing there by the um, uh, luggage rack and uh, waiting for my luggage to come out. And this lady looked at me and she goes, you look so sad. What's wrong? I said, Obama just got elected. She goes, yes, isn't it great? And I said, not for my businesses. And it wasn't. It was horrendous. You know, it was eight of the worst years of our business uh, growth. In fact, we shrank by over 30% during Obama's timeframe. To Gene, there's a follow-up here. Is there loyalty to the party being as though the Republican party is more geared towards financial gain for small businesses or were there certain specific things that the Trump administration did that was different from previous Republican administrations? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So Trump did a lot of things differently than previous Republican administrations. Previous Republican administrations were geared towards big business, very, very large scale business, not small business. Trump is geared to small business, not to big corporations. I feel it's a good idea to have Donald Trump and why you support him. Well, when you look at it from the, you know, the large corporations or you know big business so to speak versus the little guy or small business or the mom and pop shops of the world i think that when you're starting to rob the rich and give to the poor it's a, it's the you know the robin hood mentality so to speak that's that's kind of what the biden platform is and that's really what the democratic platform is and i think that the i as you know, going back to your question do you support 
I mean, if I'm not mistaken, was it just do you support Trump or do you support the party? Is that kind of a summarization of well, the question that you were asking? It's before? basically it's basically try to give our listeners an understanding, you know, why it is that you support Donald Trump. More specifically, for example, as a certain like to sum up Gene's answer, you know, it supports his business. It creates, you know, economic gains for the business oh, that he puts his, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into, for lack of a better term. Yep. It's good. We've all been there. Yeah. So um, the the way that I've looked at it is, and this is it's the reason I'll never vote Democrat in my life. Mm-hmm. Ever even, again. Even if you did, you vote Democrat before at one point. Uh, I've voted for both parties at different times throughout the course of my life. I'm yeah. over sixty, so I've been around a long time. Sure. Sure. Understandable. But um, I'm, I'm forty, so not as much, but long enough to get a a, a good read on what things do and how they impact, you know, policies and, and how they impact even, you know, just everyday, right. You know, middle America. So my base philosophy, why I would never vote Democrat is the capitalism mantra or even the ideology doesn't exist. They don't, the, the, the democratic way of thinking doesn't reward success they encourage compliance in what they way? want because they want people to be dependent on the government that's how all of their programs are continuously funded and are um it, it kept in a you know a, almost like an annual cycle the, mm-hmm. the american people are customers to them and it, it, they're they're not looking to you know, breed prosperity. They're more so looking to stifle growth to the point where they're continuously in control. I don't feel as though that the democratic side of the aisle here truly wants prosperous people. They want people to be in a position where they can control them. Okay. So we're going to take a step into a different direction. The ideas of what you're talking about all make sense physically. There's certain things that work for your business and there's certain things that obviously don't work for your business. But what kinds of thoughts do you have when you surround these ideas of racism, sexism, um, chauvinistic, different ideas that are attributed to individuals like yourselves who support Donald Trump? So which brings me to my question, how would you respond to those individuals who say, if you're in support of Donald Trump and the shenanigans, if we'll say, and can agree to that type of term, right? What would you say to those people who say that you fall in line with the ideals that he has that embolden people to be racist or make sexist statement? What would you say to that? Yeah, I'd say you're jumping the gun because you're not doing any of the homework. I mean, I could, I could look at you and not know you for as long as I have, right? I could look at you as a black man mm-hmm. and label you everything that you've heard in your entire lifetime. Is that fair? I don't think so. Now, I, I don't- I don't think I, it's I, fair. I, I already, yeah, I don't, th- I don't I'm not- I'm No, of course, not of course it's, it's not fair. fair. Yeah. No, of course it's not. So how is it fair to label us as chauvinistic racists mm-hmm. when- that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they don't the, know that. The people don't know it. That's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you look at the people, because they support 
a certain candidate and you think that we blindly follow everything that he wants to do? I think that it's, it, it, it's out of bounds and you're pigeonholing people. It's, it, it goes right to look at any race, there's a stigma. Now, is everybody the same? Yeah. Right. There's stigmas so, and stereotypes, not just with races, just with people, restaurants, I mean, anything. Of course, of course. Yeah, fat people. So, I, I know that one well. <laughs> right. So now you're looking at us as white supporters of Donald Trump, because that's what we are right now, as far as Gene and myself are concerned. We, we follow everything that everybody believes in without actually getting to know the people themselves. I mean, you can complain all you want, but then once you find out who I am, you know, that's, a, that's you know, wildly untrue. I mean, I want to I wanna to, respond to what you're saying, but I want to hear from Gene and then yeah, I'll, ahead, I'll, Gene. I'll have some other things. Gene, try, to, a, try to keep it, uh, sure. keep it, keep it light here, Gene. I was born and raised in Kansas, and I'll tell you right now that I grew up in a racist family. My, I, my family um, talked badly about not just Blacks, but Mexicans, uh, uh, Chinese, you name it, Asians. It doesn't matter. Um, I was taught from an early age that people who are different than you are, are are bad, inherently scary, okay? My sister married a Black man in the 1970s, okay? So that kind of changed the dynamics for our, our family. You know, I came from Topeka, Kansas, Unified School District 504. Mm-hmm. You might have heard of it, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. That, that's where that, that was my school district, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and I was during that time frame. You know, I grew up in that atmosphere and there's been a lot of changes to the world since then. I have seen racism recede and it hasn't gone away by any right. stretch of imagination, by anybody's stretch of imagination. Not at all, yeah. But I, I don't look at people that way. I don't talk to people that way. I don't, when I do business with people or when I see somebody on the street or when I say hi to somebody, I'm not looking at what color they are. I don't care what race they are. I'm looking at, you know, what kind of person are they? I've learned, and it, it is a learned reaction. And I have raised my children to be the same way that I am, to look at people as people, not as some color. Stay tuned to hear more from the Flipside Podcast, Episode 8, The Election Aftermath. Relationships have changed because we disagree politically. I've learned, I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps and I've been in places where the guy next to you, doesn't matter what color his skin is, it matters whether he's got your back or not, you know? And that's what I've learned that it's the people around you and how they treat you, how you treat them and how you count on them and how they count on you. I don't judge people by their political affiliation, their you know, where they live, how much money they have, how they were brought up. I know people that have, that have been brought up with lives and they've made wonderful lives for themselves. I've known people that have had the silver spoon and have done absolutely nothing with it. As far as race is concerned to me, I'm colorblind to that. But I try to empathize with, with people of color because I don't, I don't walk in their shoes. So I try to learn about them and try to learn about their culture, 
and everything that encompasses that because I don't have that perspective. I was born with the shield of white skin. I don't, I don't have the same problems. Yeah. I can go anywhere I want. doesn't matter what happens. I'm still a white guy. Right. I don't have the same disadvantages that other people do. So it's a couple of things there. There's a lot to unpack, a lot of different ideas. Uh, I'll start off by saying in this situation, we have, we have a president commander in chief that has done some things that have labeled him as to, as to being a, a racist person, a sexist person, comments that he's made, uh, different things that he's put out there, but then also too, not taking the opportunity to be able to calm certain things that have been racially charged or things that have put him in a bad light amongst women, amongst other minorities and amongst people who are not from the United States. So it's more so the association that comes into place. If you have a president that has been inflamed in such controversial things involving race and involving sexist remarks, you are and put and, and yeah, you you're put into that same lens that puts people in that position to say, well, you're aligning with these same values by putting your support behind this person. What are your thoughts on that? Citizen-based political support of a candidate doesn't necessarily say that I agree with everything that person does. I'll ask you the question, would you, do you agree with the, all the actions that Joe Biden has been potentially accused of? In the last 47 years. Right. Well, me personally. Or, or I, hell, even in the last two years. Or well, during during the, his presidency. I mean, it, it's a two-way street. That's the well, thing. Like, the I mean, can't be just pointed in one direction. You I mean, can't hey, just have somebody... I'm used, you know to mod- I mean? I'm used to moderating, right? But if you're putting the question out there, I mean, I'm happy to answer it. Sure, I really look absolutely. At, I, I really look at the dynamic very differently because, like Gene said, I don't really look at either candidate as being a champion of what's right and what you should do and how you should, you know, live your life as a human being. Opportunity to be able to interact with those people at that level before you can make those decisions or those choices or discern whether a person kind of falls as someone who has moral character or someone who's kind of a scumbag. Do let's, let's start here. Let's start here. Let's take a step back. Gene and Seneca. Do you think that Donald Trump is a racist, sexist individual? Sex well, is probably racist. No. Yes, I agree with what he just said. I, I, so, I think he may be. He, he's, he, he may. I don't think he's really truly sexist because if if you're really truly sexist, you're not going to hire most of your staff to be women. So you both you both agree that you you both have the understanding that you believe Donald Trump is not racist, but is Absolutely sexist. Not. Yes, I, I think somewhat yeah. sexist. Yes. Okay. Nah, I mean, not, look, look at the look at the surface. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, the, the guy the guy's not changing his ways from back in the eighties till now. He hasn't yes. grown. Yeah. Yes, he is. I, I'm not saying uh, no. He's, no, he's, no he's on, the, on the on the no from the but, he, but he's not out there cheating on his wife anymore like he did in the seventies and eighties. Well, how well how could he? He's the most popular man on the planet, and popularity being that he's the most scrutinized man on the okay. planet. Okay. Well, he can't just go. We'll be here no, all night talking is about that... Donald Trump's faithfulness, you know, to his wife. So <laughs> yeah, right. let's, so, well, okay, I, wait but... a minute, wait a minute, Gene, hold on. So, okay, from the perspective, to be able to look at it from two angles, one, 
we've identified Gene and I, because then you're kind of in a different boat of it when we say politicians will do whatever it takes to get in office. So how does that yeah. not fall under that same understanding where I'll kiss a couple of babies, I'll make a couple policies that benefit women and other minorities, even though I don't agree. And once I'm in office and I have that power that I've been able to try to get by getting into office, I take mm -hmm. the opportunity to take advantage. It's the same dynamic when an individual decides to be able to become a pastor. They want to be able to influence people at a greater level. And they have to be able to give away certain parts of their personal life because they devote it to the church and able to serve the greater good. Now, you could also argue that politicians do that same thing. They play the song and dance, they dance to the music to get in office. And then once they obtain that higher level of power, they influence things in a certain way. What are your well, thoughts? That's exactly what that's exactly what they would do. I mean, they're they're going there for their perspective on what could either improve themselves, depending on what their motives are, or do what they can to garner more votes to stay in office longer. I mean, it's not rocket science. And, and from what I gather, and I'm not—I don't want to assume. So I, let me get confirmation on this. There are have there, there have been things that Donald Trump has done publicly that you don't agree with in the sense of the way he may have referred to a certain race, a certain group of people, or a certain gender. You would agree with that stance? To some extent, yes. Yeah, why, I mean, why only to some extent? Because everything he says is misconstrued by the mainstream media. Everything? everything? I don't everything. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, everything. absolutely. So, it he, doesn't matter so when he tweets, is. but okay, so when he tweets something, that's... Well, such as, such as give, us, give us, for instance, because it's a general well, Blake. No, I'm just saying, when he, tweets, when he tweets something, that's him speaking at his own forum. It's not, that's not the media. That's literally his own audience to be able to speak to the followers and then all however it is portrayed his words are exactly what's there like no one can change the words that he tweets what are like, the words that, what yeah but what are the words that you're suggesting that's what i want to know well nothing in specific i mean, I mean oh no he says he says shit all the time right but i mean if well, it's it, but if he, but if he's not dropping like latino or you know asian american or african american derogatory terms i don't really see the problem with it I well, say what do you, shit all what, the time. What do you mean? So you're saying that unless he uses, unless he uses like immoral language, he's not anything that you would consider deplorable. Like for example, I don't know what tweet I would necessarily say, but I would say, as a given practice, if we're looking at this person and we look at what they've done over not a small snip at a time, over a long snip at a time, you're saying we're trying to decipher whether this person is racist or not you would take a look at several instances that happened that were actions that took place. If you're asking for examples, I would start early on and go to the Central Park Five. This was a group yes. of minorities that were Black and Latino individuals. Donald Trump took out an ad in the paper when he was as far from politics as you could be and basically called for the execution of these people. He 
has later since been asked questions now in present day. So we're fast forwarding decades to, to my time where I'm researching this and understanding this, you know, now we're at a time period where it's been confirmed and founded that these individuals were in fact innocent. Every opportunity he's been given to walk it back, to be able to apologize, to be able to say, you know, hey, I was wrong. I made a mistake. He hasn't taken that opportunity. And for other individuals looking at that and saying this person is racist, they contextualize that experience and say, this person paid money to be able to paint a certain light on these people who were all individuals that were minorities, called for their execution and never said anything to be able to retract or show any type of empathy or a public statement of apology for these people. So yeah, I don't- and that's, and that's just- that and that's it. That's one of his big. I, I'd say it's probably his biggest character flaw is he can never admit that he's wrong. Well, at yeah, the same time, I, I don't. I, think, I don't think that answers the question. Is that's that's probably of, of all. I mean, that's that's probably the race. The most racist thing that an individual could do would be to take out an ad to call for the execution of people and then find no. out they're innocent, and you become the president of the United States. So you're asked about it on a consistent basis. And you never change that rhetoric. But Ed, I think that there is even more behind all this than, than what you're talking about. And I agree with you that um, if you look at that incident and what he did, it was totally wrong. It And it, it appears to be totally racist. It does. I mean, well, not a, I mean it, at, to say that okay. it's wrong and then not to, to say, say, not to say, not to say that he's not, that it doesn't, it's not an indication of racism. When did that occur? Think about the years. What year it's was not, that? It's not about when it happened. It's about the fact it that is. it happened, and he's he's in a he's in a public position of power. It was in the, he, it was in the late eighties when he was at the suppo- height of his, you know, where he his, but he is in a position where it's his job to be able to give a public perception and to be apologetic in certain situations that would yes. inflame and embolden other people. And he doesn't do that intentionally because it strengthens his platform. But that's that, why people ask him, like, you don't get asked certain questions when you run for president unless people have an idea that that's going to spark controversy. Yeah. Well, and especially when you have an impression that the person is a racist. But has the question becomes, his actions in the 80s and now his actions in the 2020s, okay, or the 2010s, whatever you want to, wherever you want to look at it. So- Let's, let's go back then he acted and did things that were obviously racist yeah in and, my and, opinion. and to your to 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 your point Joe Biden did things as well in he, he did he did like, like you you mentioned the crime bill so the crime bill is a great example yeah. and no and I and I'll be honest with you when I try to look at it dispassionately and without as much bias as I can I don't look for someone to be perfect I look for growth and if yes. you were to tell me that, you know, it, I believe it was 74, but I'm not sure on that. I, I had dates for um, different events, but for the Central Park Five, I, I believe it was 74, but I could be wrong. But my point is this. I look, I, what's that? 89 was when Donald Trump put out that. The ad? ad. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. But my point is I look for growth. So in the sense of, yeah, we all make mistakes. We all look to be able to do certain things. But then when when we're here now in... 2016, 2018, 
2020, he doesn't take the opportunity to be able. So for example, I'm an American just as much as you guys are. So when he doesn't make certain statements to be able to be apologetic for the wrongs that he did, that specifically and directly affect a person of my skin color, that affects me in a very influential way, especially in the time period that we are right now. The way the public perception is, you being a white man who's able to be in a certain position has the white privilege to be able to decide, oh, you know, he made some mistakes along the way and he didn't apologize for those mistakes, but uh, we all make mistakes. But we're talking about people's lives. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like the whole freaking point of this thing, don't pigeonhole me because of the stuff that he does. No, no, no. I'm not pigeonholing you. I'm just saying this person. I'm saying that. No, that's the whole thing. But I'm saying I'm saying Donald Trump. People no, people look at us as Trump supporters and they condemn us because of all the stuff that he does. I'm not out there grabbing women. I'm not out there running my mouth on the mic. But it's freaking insane. Right. But what I'm saying, it's absolutely insane. But what I'm, but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is I'm not saying that I'm saying that that is why people see Donald Trump as a racist because the central park five is one incident of many through decades of time so it's not as though like for example this person did this certain things happen like dean you meant gene you mentioned it was a while ago century park five during that time period saying you said 89 that was when the ad came out right okay so that's the time frame right different situation a lot of different things are happening right but now we're at 2020 and me personally i like we've talked about the political game you play the role, you play your position, you do the song and dance. So he needs to be able to do certain things that yeah, he, but he's can, not he can, but he can push it just enough right. to be able to get elected. And he is an elected official. You can say he's not a politician, but he is the commander in chief and he is an elective official. So if, oh, he's a politician now. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. That's my point. He, this man, this man has a significant amount of influence when he gives opportunities to be able to be a unified front and saying Uh, Americans, he goes out of his way to divide and say, well, these groups are over here and these groups are over here. To bring some context to the conversation about Trump supporters being seen as racist, I read two texts from other individuals on social media and their thoughts about those who support Donald Trump. And let's just say shots were fired. If someone supports a political candidate who seeks your extermination, they also support your extermination. It doesn't matter how they treat you interpersonally. They want you dead structurally. So Gene- That is the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard. So Gene, we'll start with you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Let's let's be this. Oh man! So what this guy is formatting is revolution. Okay, I mean that's what he wants. He wants people. He wants to divide this country into those who support Trump and those who don't. He wants to start a war. I mean that's just like a typical Marxist approach to this country. Crap like this is just a way to foment revolution. You want to foment revolution? That's fine. Bring it on. Okay, you got a bunch of old shits like me who have been born and raised around guns and don't really care. 
don't don't start shit that you don't know who's coming back on you. Yes. There's no Trump voter. There's no mm-hmm. Trump 2016 voter who today does not know Trump is a racist. They're either A, also racist, B, fine with racism, or C, sad about racism in the abstract, but support racist policies in reality because they benefit and or are not negatively affected by them. Sen, your Jeez. thought. They are, they are pushing the ideals of racism on the people who support Donald Trump. Again, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I don't, support, I don't support Donald Trump. I support the ideology of the Republican Party because I think it's more prosperous for everybody. I'm not going to be under somebody's thumb, not because I don't want to, because I'm not going to, because I'm going to work hard to, to be my own person. On next week's episode of the Flipside Podcast. I personally could never align myself with being a Republican just for the simple fact that I feel like they intentionally exclude Black people. And I think that they have really kind of built a platform uh, that is not welcoming to people of color. So I could never identify with being a Republican at all. Thanks for listening to the Flipside Podcast. Every Thursday, we will share a new episode primed with direct conversations and interviews about topics that challenge original thoughts. You can subscribe and download the Flipside Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Most importantly, we want to hear from you. So search for the Flipside Pod on Instagram to submit questions and suggest new topics. Until next time, I'm Ed Hill. And remember, conversations create change.